Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you are listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Um, questionable buckets of doomsday food. Ah, yeah. If you want to get yourselves 45 gallons of slop, um, or I think I saw one that was like a huge like Home Depot-sized bucket of chili. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, because you know I'm eating that in a day, baby. You know that they got to mix it with one of those paint mixers on a drill? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely garbage. Um, but yeah, we've got those this week. We are talking about some preppers and some murderers and some real bad people. Lori Vallow, uh, this is our third episode. And I thank uh, Paige for doing all of this fantastic research. Um, but before we get started, wanted to talk about some stuff. Speaking about research, takes a lot of time to do it. Uh, this show is very fun to make and it is very time consuming especially for Paige because she does a lot of the writing now. Um, so go to patreon.com slash cult podcast help us support the show make this show available and also if you want to hear Paige do this kind of stuff live you can go to Horror Virgin Live on uh, the 24th is that right? That's correct there are still a handful of tickets still available I remembered the date from 30 seconds ago when we said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big accomplishment because I'm terrible with calendars. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out. That show is going to be so much fun. Um, I really like seeing Horror Virgin live. I have seen them a bunch of times uh, as whole podcast has done the shows together. But um, it's really fun to watch and uh, you're going to have a blast. So go to that, and then, um, yeah, listen to RTP. That's another thing. Uh, both Paige's show, RTP, Romancing the Pod, and uh, my other show, Rooster Teeth Podcast. Go ahead and check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. And I think with, uh, with that, let's, uh, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Oops All Buried. Because <laughs> it's murders. It's a lot of murders in this episode. Jesus Only adult Christ. murders. <laughs> Only the grown-up murders today. Kid murders are next week. I'm so sorry. It's I have to keep it light so that we don't all cry. Oops all buried. Oops all buried. Oh, no. That seems very similar to what I would imagine my perfect TV show is, which is Oops, Matt Barry. And it's just Matt <laughs> Barry doing a bunch of stuff. I don't even care just what it is Just following him day to day, just like, yeah. self-checkout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would pay. I would if there was a service called Matt Berry Plus that was just a bunch of shows of Matt Berry doing stuff day to day. Laundromat. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, and it's just him talking about how he's feeling as he does it. I would pay upwards of twenty five dollars a month for that subscription service. There's a great YouTube series where Amoeba Music interviews people as they leave the store about what they bought and why. And they have like famous people come in and shop and then go through like what's in their bag. And his episode is really great because half of the stuff he's like, I don't know why anyone is going to want to listen to this, but I like it. So fuck y'all. And then just like keeps going through his shit. It's great. That's awesome. He's the best. Love Matt Berry. Glad to see him have success stateside. Oh, absolutely. I Yeah, he's fucking phenomenal. But you know who's absolutely terrible? It's the people that we're going to be talking about today. Oh, so terrible. And we got a lot to get through today. Because today, we're actually going to focus on all of the adult deaths surrounding this case. Because they all kind of precede a lot of uh, what we will find out happens with the children. Um, we will cover a little bit of the initial kind of realization of the children's disappearance in this episode but most of that's going to be next week this is all going to be about all the people who die around Lori and chad leading up to tylee and jj's disappearance um how you feeling i mean the thing is is we we had a full conversation before we started recording this where i told you that uh yesterday i got super high and ate a ton of food Mm-hmm. Um, and then today, this morning I woke up and got, uh, I was still a little high and got a little higher. And then I ate a pizza bagel from Einstein's bagels. Love it. Um, and so my vibe is like real chill and real good. And now I'm going to have to learn about a bunch of murders, bunch of murders, but also about the belief system that contributes to those murders. And I think we're going to have some uh, some interesting things to say about it for sure. Yeah, I think that's sort of my point is I'm in like perfect true crime mode. I am right. like I am right. the podcaster equivalent of turning on a cool documentary with a snuggled like blanket being like, I'm so fucking ready to find out who did this shit. This was Jake and I watching telemarketers yesterday. Just that's like, a fucking, I love telemarketers, <laughs> dude. We haven't finished it yet, but like we just bundled up and we were like, Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's look at the crimey crimes. I had absolutely no idea what telemarketers was. I just was in the mood to watch a documentary and that was up there and I had seen like a Reddit post about it or something. So I was like, "Mm, click, watch the whole first episode uh, and didn't realize it was a show. I thought it was a one. I thought that was the one and only and like it's like thing. three episodes or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 So I still have more to go. But that first episode was fucking crazy. Yeah. We're obsessed with his coworker. Obsessed mm-hmm. with his coworker who seems to have like it's they pose it initially like he's got conspiracy theories. And you're like, these are all accurate. Like, this is all 100 percent correct. But then he's also like snorting heroin in the middle of the day being like, hello, ma'am, I'm calling you from the loyal order of the Buffalo police. And you're like, yeah wow i am not productive at all (laughs) yeah this dude is like stacking racks on heroin (laughs) it's fucking crazy imagine if uh you know how sometimes you go to costco and there's those people selling direct tv yeah um imagine if that guy was uh (laughs) 
Kurt Cobain and just absolutely slamming sales of DirecTV. This guy fucking rocks. He's awesome. He's uh, and he, wild. yeah, Paige says it correctly where like they, because uh, it's about CDG, uh, City Development Group. Is no, that what uh, it's called? Citizen. Uh, civic development develop. group civic development group yeah they change their names like four times but yeah it's uh it's a pretty crazy story you should go check it out it, it honestly sounds like it could be an episode of cult podcast it's oh on, i was like as i was sitting through it i was like this is fascinating like how did i not know about this mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah yep Anyway, yeah. go check that out. My point is, is that's how I am right now. I'm snuggled up in my blankie ready to hear about true crime. Let's do it. Let's get into our sources before anything else. So we had some additional sources for the last two episodes because we were covering each person specifically. Now we're into the meat of the story that the media and everyone is following currently. So we still have Sins of the Mother, the documentary on Netflix. Uh, we have the Lori Vallow case summary from The Independent. Um, that is largely going to be important next week as we get into the disappearance and the trial. Uh, same with our next source, the sentencing. But this does have a timeline of the Doomsday Cult Mom mystery case, also from The Independent. Uh, we have that same Business Insider article from last week around preparing a people. And we also have uh, a- an article from the East Idaho News uh, called What Alex Cox Revealed Days Before He Died. That's going to come into play late in this episode because we will be covering um, what happens to Alex Cox in this episode. So let's start off where we left off from our first two episodes. So we ended each of those episodes at the point where Lori and Chad meet, and they meet at a convention called Preparing a People. We talked about it a little bit last week, but let's dive into it more. So Preparing a People's website claims that its goal is to, quote, Prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is specifically a doomsday prepper organization any way you slice it. And and specifically a biblically centered doomsday prepper organization. Yeah, which is kind of a weird thing to do. I I, I would Here's what's fucked up about my brain. I can wrap my head around a doomsday prepper convention. That makes sure. sense. Of course, once, I kind of want to go. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely love to go. Uh, it's also not, it's becoming increasingly not that ludicrous of an idea that the world sure. is going to end in a fiery sure. disaster. If you, when you live through 50 days of a hundred degree weather, you start to realize like, yeah, maybe we're fucked actually. Hey, when you live through COVID, I'm like, maybe I do need a bucket of macaroni salad. <laughs> like, you know, it changes your outlook a bit. A hundred percent. But the religious aspect of it, of like just the biblical uh, end of days preppers it's so fucking wild to me because most of those stories seem to be like you. Sh- if you believe in that, it seems like you should be on the side where you're like, well, I'm for sure going to get raptured. So it's not going to matter very much. I actually I wrote this down. This is like my very next paragraph. I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel the same where I'm like, if these biblical prophecies come true, do you think canned food is the answer or do you think you've died in a ball of flames? <laughs> like, what is this? Because here's the thing. Maybe they don't believe in the rapture. Some of them, there are differing beliefs about the the end times where it's like some people are, they call it pre-trib or post-trib. Pre-trib means you get raptured before the bad shit happens. Post-trib means you get raptured, but you had to live through all the bad shit. And then mid-trib is that you have to live through part of the bad shit, but then you get raptured. And a lot of this prepper stuff is like 
post-trib because it's like, this is the stuff you need to live through the bad shit. And I'm like, if there's a war between demons and God on Earth, like a terrestrial war between demons and God, nothing at this convention will save you. Like, it'd be better off to die at that point, I would think. Yeah. Like, if that in real world happens, you better pray that the pure aliens, our pure alien brethren who are sinless, come to save us, because that's your only hope. <laughs> yeah, the ones that we learned about in New Mexico. Uh, yeah. I do love the thought, though, that there is, like, an afterpay option for getting raptured and right. surviving the tribulations of the devil and the fight with God. Um, I also love the idea of somebody showing up to this uh, prepare the people convention and, like being a conspiracy theorist like well i'm preparing for the for when north korea launches their nukes and we all fucking die but you guys sound ludicrous with your <laughs> right. stupid devil stuff well and that's my thing is i'm like if if you go to a convention like this and you're like here are things that you could have that would prepare you for covid part two mm -hmm. then i'll listen to you because i'm like yeah i was trapped in my apartment for three years what would make that better you know or whatever like or things like, you know, when there was that ice storm in Austin where it's like, hey, here's a kit of things you need for that. That makes all the sense in the world to me, like prepping for global warming, prepping for another pandemic. All of those things make sense. Prepping for fire from the skies. What are you what are you going to do? Like my fa my sister's favorite uh, bad improv suggestion for like a natural disaster is wind with glass and i'm like yeah how do you prepare for wind with glass like just what are you doing like I, these are things you can't prepare for i present to you the steel umbrella uh <laughs> now here i'm gonna start with the downside you're really gonna have to boost up your arm day a lot <laughs> right because it's fucking heavy as shit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a little peek inside our our post COVID home. We bought a we didn't realize what the sizing was on cans and we were buying a lot of our food from like restaurant supplies because that was my like sneak around to get stuff that you couldn't get at grocery stores. And we ended up with a giant can of tomato sauce. And I mean, giant. So now we just put a little plaque on it that just said like, COVID 2020 and we haven't opened it we just leave it but it's literally the weight of a bowling ball <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> it's so massive I think we need to turn it into a lamp or something absolutely <laughs> I mean yeah you yeah. bought yourself enough tomato sauce to feed two and a half Italians that could last a normal family forever <laughs> a normal family forever yeah Anyway, so preparing a people, that's where this starts. Now, since the murders, Color My Media, who is the event planning company associated with preparing a people, has really like tried to distance themselves. Uh, and they're like, it was just a lecture series. We just helped book the lectures. We're not involved with anything. <laughs> uh, and they've released a statement saying, quote, we also do not share any of Chad Daybell's or Lori Vallow's beliefs if they are contrary to Christian principles of honesty, integrity, and truth, or if they do not align with the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, which is, end quote, a handy loophole of saying, we disagree with it if you disagree with it. Mm, okay. 
it's it's basically like we definitely don't believe what they believe if whatever they believe is different than what Mormons believe. <laughs> and I was like, right, 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 right. Okay, okay. I also um, love the idea that like they're apologizing because people found out that they met at this convention. Right. And that's, a, yeah, that's like, it doesn't continue to be a thing. It's just where they met. Yeah. That's like Tinder fucking uh, issuing a public apology for every toxic relationship that's ever happened. We don't agree with this. Um, unless of course, Mormons agree with this. Agree in, with which this. Case, <laughs> in which case, in which case, in which case we, we don't do agree not. with guys talking to multiple girls at one time, except uh, for those who believe in the fundamentalist Mormon beliefs of plural <laughs> marriage. <laughs> yeah mormonism is just sanctified fuckboyism it's just You're god tinder it. it's <laughs> just god's tinder fuck me <laughs> oh cool cool okay anyway so it was at the october 2018 preparing a people conference in rexburg idaho where Chad and Lori met for the first time. You might remember from the episode on Chad that they have the Preparing a People conference a bunch of different places, and they had had it specifically in Rexburg to have Chad and all of the authors on his roster at the convention lecturing. Now, they do, in the Netflix documentary, interview one of the other authors on the roster, and it's one of my favorite parts of the documentary because they present her as a character witness. as like, And so you expect her to be someone... That's going to be like, yeah, I knew Chad was cheating on his wife and everything was bad. And that's when I got out, you know, like that's what you're expecting. That's what they set it up as. But she like starts out that way and is just like, also, I am a prophet and I have lived a lot of past lives and we have all lived a lot of past lives. And that's why I kind of trusted Chad because he had also lived past lives. And I was really on board with how he handled and quantified the past lives. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this interview went sideways immediately. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. I just, um, sorry, I was doing a little bit of my own personal research on prepare, preparing a people. I was, mm -hmm. if I'm being completely honest, I was uh -huh. planning on doing a bit of telling you the other lineup people on there because mm -hmm. I wanted to see like surviving hellfire 101. Um, right, 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 right. <laughs> Uh, jar of clay, you know, like I wanted Jars to see. Jar of clay <laughs> in the quad at lunch. Yeah, yeah. dude. Pod's coming I through. After forty days, and you're just like, man, this really slaps at a doomsday <laughs> convention. Oh fuck, man. Yeah, like I feel like that. I I wanted to find that, but instead I found a series of uh uh of Mormon websites about uh just mormon stuff like fair faithful answers informed response um and it is all about preparing a people and the more i started reading about it i was like this doesn't necessarily seem very positive and then i got to the part about how this is this is all the things that preparing a people's do that violates the church teachings this is their inappropriate focus on dreams and visions, which honestly, Mormonism, I don't think hey, you have a leg hey to stand on. You can't really throw stones from that glass Joseph Smith house of yours. <laughs> yeah, that seems a little bit, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Anyway, yeah. That's like me being like, vampires drink blood, gross. <laughs> Wait, what? 
<laughs> Look, when we have communion, it's a metaphor. But if you guys oh, want to pretend to drink okay. blood, He's... you're the crazy ones. <laughs> I thought you were admitting that you fucking drink blood. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm up. That's crazy. Okay, and also for reference, just take that. That the top information about preparing a people... A convert or a, a, a convention that seemingly still goes on to this day. It does. It does indeed. Most of the top Google results are other Mormon websites being like, "This is all a fucking load of shit." So, I, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and here's the thing: anytime you touch anything like that around Mormonism, because there's a lot of like, the Mormon Church is huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of offshoots of LDS stuff that turned bad. Like there's a lot of like self-improvement seminars that that turned dark. We I, I'll address it here because it's been fucking forever long. Uh, episode 18, which is one of the last episodes, was on Children of Thunder mm -hmm. and centered around Life Spring. And part of the reason we had to take it down is because episode 17 was about a group uh, that shall not be named that maybe rhymes with land shark quorum uh, that links to life spring in their history. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's why those episodes had to come down. Um, eventually, I will redo Children of Thunder because I think we can do it without angering the sharks. Uh, and uh, but that's another one where it's like if you start Googling the organization that the guy from Children of Thunder was in, there's a lot of Mormon websites of like, beware this organization, do not join. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. It's like they realize something goes wrong and they try to warn everybody, but it's pretty pervasive in the community because they all kind of talk and it just spreads. It's kind of like way back in the day when we had my parents on for the last time. Uh, not, not like we'll never have them on, just the last time we had them on. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about how MLMs were huge in the church in the 90s when and they got invited to a ton of MLM meetings and things like that and it was just pervasive in the church i think it's the same thing now with like doTERRA oils and shit like anytime you have an, a community that's easily accessible that kind of shit happens and i think that's the same thing with preparing a people here so yeah yeah anyway they meet at the october 2018 preparing a people conference now if you'll remember from our last couple episodes, they were both in weird spots in their lives. Just to recap for Chad, his self-publishing empire had published at this point 51 of his own personal doomsday fiction books that Laurie had been reading obsessively. Uh, but it was a, con a colossal financial failure because it literally only sold to basically the preparing a people people. Uh, so he's like a comic who decides to exclusively play all right. And he basically has to always do these conventions. That's where he sells the bulk of his books. Now oh, I see. So you mean comedians that move to Austin, Texas. <laughs> it does happen to some of them. I was thinking more of like the Owen Benjamin types Oh yeah. that go yeah, like, yeah, full. Yeah. although there is, I won't say names, but there is a comedian that you and at least I knew, I assume you probably also ran into her in LA a little bit as well that moved to Austin and is now in deep with Alex Jones and ends up on Infowars and shit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. I have some wild drunk stories about her too. And I'm just like, home girl, you really got to calm it down. Cause people know weird shit about you. And all they have to do is like write a blog post. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
Jesus Christ, I haven't thought about that in so long. Uh, crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, nuts. Anyway, for Lori, she and her family had moved back to the mainland from Kauai, where she had become increasingly interested in Chad's books and increasingly dissatisfied in her marriage, thinking that Charles, her husband, was not her spiritual equal. But also, she was actively promoting her own podcast where she talked about the vision she was being sent from the angels. Now, another element of what's happening in Char in uh, Chad's life is that he had asked the convention to come to Rexburg in part because his new book and his new set of beliefs was centered around Rexburg, where he now was not not preaching, but anytime he gave lectures, he was talking about his vision of a giant earthquake that would devastate the earth and leave Rexburg as the head of the church and the Lord would, in, would provide invisible bubble shields over the city. What? <laughs> I... And in his, yeah. And he would then lead from Rexburg as his like headquarters. Is there, are there other stories in the Bible of God fucking with force fields? Cause that seems. No, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, well, okay. actually that's not true. They're, they're kind of, there are stories in the old Testament of like, God prevented people from hurting other people, and there's not necessarily descriptions of how. So maybe force fields. Um, All right. I think that would be way cooler if they were just like, spoiler, it's a fucking force field, you know, or whatever. But I think what's crazy is that you could almost explain every single miracle that happens in the Bible with some form of a force field. Jesus had a personal force field. That's how he was able to walk on water. Moses had the force field to split the fucking. There you go. The, there you the go. Sea. Yeah, it's all force fields. It all it's makes all sense force now. Biblical force fields. Get into it. That's um, fucking. You, that's wild. you can see us at preparing a people twenty twenty three. This yeah, October, <laughs> we will be premiering our personal force field. It's a yeah. baseball bat. <laughs> Anyway, uh, for Lori, her visions were about to get even stronger because remember her third husband who abused her kids? Mm -hmm. Well, he suddenly drops dead of a heart attack right around the same time. In fact, weeks before she goes to preparing a people. Now, since the current case, they did reopen his case Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, but ultimately they concluded that he had died of natural causes. Um, but this plays exactly into Lori's beliefs. If you remember, this is the guy that her brother tased in the balls mm-hmm. after. That couldn't have helped his heart, I'm sure. Um, but essentially, at this point, Lori's had these visions. This guy drops dead. It's something she's been praying for for years. So in her mind, God literally struck down the man who hurt her family, mm-hmm. just like smote. So this renews her faith and her faith specifically in her own visions and prayer. And it's with that basis that she goes to the preparing of people conference. She's like, my visions are right. These books are correct. Like they're scripture. I'm going to preparing people. Now there's two different versions of her and Chad's meet cute. So the first one, the Netflix version is that she just encounters him at the conference, walks up to his table That's where they meet, and that's how she gets involved in his books. That is not remotely comprehensive of what actually happened. Because according to a number of other sources, during the conference, not only does she go to his lecture, talk to him about his books, which she has already been reading. We know she was reading them as early as 2017. 
but she is also invited to podcast along with him where they both talk specifically about their visions. And in that podcast, he actually shares that he's had a vision of his wife's future death. Now, this is something that he actually brings up a couple other times with a couple other people throughout history. It does eventually end up in the documentary when we talk to one of his other authors, the lady with the past lives. Um, Does he ever bring it up? To his fucking wife? Does she know? I imagine she must have known because there's no way, like, so many people heard it that, mm-hmm. like, now, granted, this podcast episode has been, like, wiped from the internet. Sure. Um, yeah. Because of, as, as soon as those kids went missing, they were just like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, but to, it down. to be fair, it's not what you think. It's because they actually had to do a make good on a HelloFresh ad read. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. We got to pull it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like I like the idea that instead of HelloFresh, they're just doing the the like Alex Jones like protein powder, and that's what they're doing ads for. They're like, "Hey, is the world ending? Do you have buckets of potato salad, but it just doesn't have that right kick? <laughs> you know, like whatever." Uh, this uh, episode tactical of- powder. <laughs> this episode, of course, is brought to you by Steel Umbrella. Steel Umbrella. <laughs> it hurts to hold. <laughs> Uh, now while there is not, uh, audio of that podcast still, it did stay up long enough for some reporters and and stuff to listen to it and get a handle of what happened. But also there's video of footage from that conference where again, Chad is the least compelling speaker ever, but also he's wearing a short sleeved button up shirt that just doesn't fit him well. So the sleeves are like three quarter sleeves and it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I'm just like, what even is this? But a huge portion of his like presentation during this conference, he compares himself to Woody Harrelson in the movie 2012. And he's like, everyone thought he was crazy, but he was right. Right. And I'm like, what? No, that's a role in a movie. And also, he fully wasn't right. 2012 didn't happen. <laughs> like, what are what is your point? What are you even saying? I guess I get the idea that to in the in the movie, everyone thought the character that Woody Harrelson played was crazy. And in the movie, a made-up story that did right. not happen, Woody correct. Harrelson's character was correct. Um, I don't necessarily think that, yeah, I I think that's insane. Also, this is the first time that I have looked up, uh, Chad Daybell. Mm -hmm. Um, not at all what I was expecting. Really? What were you expecting instead? If I'm being completely honest with you, do you know the actor who played Huey in, uh, The Boys? No, I don't watch The Boys. Um. Not for any, like, specific reason. I just haven't gotten around to it. Oh, holy shit. Okay. I didn't realize this uh, when I started talking, but I was talking about Jack Quaid, son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Oh, shit. Hold on. Um. Yeah. Jack Quaid is who I thought that Chad Daybell would look uh, like. Oh, well, but okay. Okay. And I, I think see that. you see what I'm saying is like, if I was casting a movie uh, to of, of who would play a young Chad Daybell, and obviously mm. uh, Woody Harrelson is not available to do it, um, no. I would get Jack Quaid. I actually know what Chad Daybell looks like. I've looked at him a lot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I would cast David Koechner. 
Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's got hella like if David Keckner was boring, Chad Daybell. <laughs> yeah, David Keckner is um if you're unfamiliar, is the guy from uh Anchorman, Anchorman. and uh he was Todd Packer in the office. Um Yes, yes. Yeah. I was trying to think of his name. He was in like the, the trucker and something and I don't remember what it was, but Yeah, he's um yeah. he's the bald funny rude guy in uh yes. he's like he's a <laughs> oh this sucks. Because I'm sure that him as a person is completely great. I'm talking about the character type. I've he is. only heard nice things. Yes, yeah, exactly. For sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only talking about the character type. He's like a less likable Danny McBride. That is the character he plays in everything. True. But also Danny McBride, I think, is more aggressive mm -hmm. <laughs> because Danny McBride will be like, shut your hole. And you're just like, oh, OK. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, want to shave your pussy so I can surf faster, Jesse? <laughs> like... <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I just uh, so Chad Daybell is the the well, he's the fucking king of the preparing the uh, people conference. Yes. Um, and yeah. his number one fan uh goes to all of his lectures, gets to podcast with him. Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of how they meet do you think that they had any kind of relationship beforehand in terms of like do you think they like exchanged uh, words uh, online or anything i think they i personally think yes probably okay. um speculation every, zone speculation zone a lot of the the trouble with a lot of this is finding out information around this time you're really stuck with like interviews from friends and family and mm -hmm. none of them want to say anything bad about these people mm -hmm. and i'm just like you need like you suspected something like you definitely did. But they're always interviewing like her mom, who's like, I'd never even heard the name Chad Daybell. And, and I'm just like, lady, she's going to prison. <laughs> like, just say, just tell the truth. Like, what are we doing? Um, I think they must have talked before. But I think I don't know that it was romantic ahead of time. I think they maybe had some talk in circles because this is a very small circle. Like the reality is if you were in like a Chad Daybell fan club, it's probably smaller than the cult podcast Facebook group. And the idea that like I would talk to somebody in the Facebook group and then run into them at a live show or something is very real. Yeah. And so like I could absolutely see that happening, but it's after they meet that things really kind of take off because they start talking all the time and according to interviews, he tells her that they have been married in all of their past lives. The and not only that, but they've been sealed together for eternity, which is that extra LDS temple ceremony of sealing. Yeah. So that they uh... are married in the planets like the whole thing. It's imprinting uh, for werewolves. Uh, right, right, right. But right, for right. the Mormon church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Jacob. She's Renesmee together mm -hmm. forever. Um. And creepy. he's creepy. He says that a voice had guided them together, like an internal voice. They have in the documentary some of their texts back and forth. Okay. And allegedly at this point, a lot of her friends are like, then she totally changed. I see no change here. I'm like, homegirl had been talking to angels for years. And y'all are like, this is where it got weird. <laughs> like, no, it was weird for a long time and no one did anything. And I'm not blaming people, but I'm just saying you can't just say 
she met Chad and everything changed or he met Lori and everything changed. It's unfortunate that they met, but there were bad things happening before. Um, but the more that they talked, it becomes kind of a feedback loop of their delusions, right? Because they both have similar delusions of talking to, you know, supreme beings that they are spiritually elevated, that they know better than everyone else. And no one around them is calling them on it yet. Uh, because there were plenty of times beforehand to be like, Hey, I, we maybe need to, this is you, you're not talking to angels. Like this is, this is upsetting. This is not the norm. This is, we should talk to someone and see what might be influencing this on both ends. Right? So now they have each other, which means anytime any of them says anything to their outside world where they're like, well, the angels told me this and the outside world is like, um, what? They can go to each other and be like, well, the angels told me this. And the other person will go, well, of course they did, because they also told me this. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it worse for both of them. Now, it's at this point. We do have to question how much of this is mental illness, which I would say that there are things to suggest that for both of them prior to this. We've covered it on this episode. That's definitely in play. I don't think we can discount it at all. Versus what of this is manipulation and and criminal activity? Because there will be a number of things that they do that you cannot just write off as mental illness. Like maybe that starts as the motivating factor, but they make active and planned choices and planned crimes that you can't ignore. So at a certain point, you can't write all of it off as like this. Is, these are two very mentally ill people making it worse for each other. No, they start to plan actual crimes and, and we'll get into it. This first one is Charles, Lori's husband. So Lori, according to her, came to believe that her husband was already dead and being puppeted by a demon. That is a clear delusion, right? If she yeah. truly believes that, that is a delusion that is not, good it's um, not okay to think that about your husband it is okay to think that about paul mccartney but not your husband <laughs> why specifically paul just because he's been dead ever since before that abbey road episode oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. yeah paul's been dead this whole time and he's been puppeted by the demons that live within and they've put out some decent albums uh <laughs> but that's why they called it wings oh my god the demon wings oh my mm -hmm. god anyway mm -hmm. And in that's her... why he worked with Kanye. Kanye didn't oh. actually have all those awful opinions that he's had for years. <laughs> he's it was dead because... and being puppeted by demons. <laughs> but he's being puppeted by Paul McCartney. That's yeah, it. Well, in her belief system, she believed the demon would die and then Charles would die and she could be with Chad. So okay. like, that's kind of what she believed. Now, she believed this demon had a name. This is the craziest part of this belief system for me. And trust me, there's a lot of crazy, but like they believe they name the demons that are inhabiting their loved ones, but they give them normal ass names. So this demon is Ned Snyder. Sometimes they refer to him <laughs> as Nick Snyder, Ned Snyder. And later there's a demon named Viola. And I'm just like, you're naming demons and you're not going to be like Azragoth or like Asmodeus, <laughs> like nothing. No, Ned. Ned. 
Holy what? shit, Paige! I gotta, I gotta hold on. I gotta show this to you. Yes. I just did a quick Google search for uh, <laughs> for for Ned Snyder because I needed to see if there was some real life Ned Snyders in the world. <laughs> I'm sure there uh, are. This oh, is God. Ned Snyder. <laughs> that is a demon. <laughs> that is demon Ned Snyder, uh, plastic surgeon extraordinaire of Austin, Texas. Oh, horrifying. He looks like a character in a TV show. He looks like if Pee Wee Herman wore a Lucius Malfoy wig. And then, <laughs> oh, no. That is the deadest stare I've ever seen. Ned Snyder, you poor son of a bitch. Oh. You've just been cult podcasted. I'm so sorry, Ned. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry they slandered your name. But also, why were you in Charles Fallow? Oh, no. my God. Dude, look at this guy. Hold on. This is the last one, I promise. But boom, look at this guy. <laughs> oh, her Huey hair Herman is great, in a though. Lucius Malfoy wig is the perfect description yep. of the person that we're talking about. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're oh. <laughs> be like, I think I need a nose job. I know you do, but what am I? All right, Pee-Pee. Every picture of this guy is so fucking crazy. Holy shit. Oh, God. Is there a worse one? No, they're just all they're like. They're just all Pee-Wee Herman in a Lucius Malfoy wig? Yeah, hold on. Boom. Let me show you this one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, they're just no. like, even the this ones that are slightly man. better. Oh, that looks, looks better. That definitely looks better. But he still looks like a fucking supervillain. It, it looks like Pee Wee Herman if he was in American Psycho. Yeah, I guess what's weird is that what we're seeing is eventually he starts to go gray. And then I think he's dying his hair to go all white or blonde. You think so? Or just letting it go all white? Here's the thing. I feel like. Sometimes when people let it go all white, it looks good. Like, it's a good, like, striking look. But it's the length that's the problem for me. If it, like... Yeah. Because that slicked back one, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. All right. Uh, but it's the, it's the, like... Oh, it's man. the fact that he gave himself a mullet by by not by design but through male pattern baldness has given himself a mullet. He looks he has the haircut that Gavin Rossdale had for all of his years in Bush. Like and, and th I mean that but then white like Lucius Malfoy. It's like business Malfoy. Yeah, business in the front, uh Death Malfoy in, in the, the back. back. Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. That is oh, the, by the no. way, that sentence encapsulates all of the information I know about Harry Potter. <laughs> anyway, at this point, Laurie starts acting erratically. And so Colby, her oldest son, uh, reaches out to her. She tells him, Charles is cheating. I caught him and I'm going to do something about it. So Colby is like, what? So he calls Charles and Charles is like, yo, I'm not cheating on her. Your mom's not well uh, mentally. And I am concerned that she will hurt herself or others. Now, unfortunately, Colby didn't believe him at the time. And Charles, desperate to get someone to believe him, because Colby thinks that he's like lying to cover the fact that he has cheated on his mom, which un is understandable, I would say. Uh, but then Charles sends an email to the entire family that's like, hey, Lori is not well. 
mentally. Here are the things that she has said. Here are the things that I have found. Here's what I think is going on. Here's who I think she's talking to and why. And literally sends it to the entire family to be like, hey, warning. And the entire family is like, look, you cheated on her. I don't want to be involved in your drama. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, he did not cheat on her. This is just, this is her spoiling the pot. So she then texts everyone is like, don't listen to him. He's, he's lying. He's trying to make you think I'm crazy. Now, at this point, there are years of previous interactions where they know she thinks she talks to angels. She thinks she has all these other delusions. There, there have been issues with multiple people in the past regarding her delusions, and no one believes this guy, even though he's like, here are her specific delusions. She thinks she's a superior being. She has threatened me, and no one listens to him, unfortunately. Now, and it's even worse because as soon as uh, she was like, he sent that email, Lori Vallow went to her family and was like, that sounds like some demon ass behavior. Am I right? Yeah, she's like, it sounds it sounds like maybe he was cheating on me and like all this stuff. So they believe her. They don't believe him. Except for one of her brothers, her brother, Adam, does believe him. Uh, And so Adam continues to talk to him while he's talking to the family because Adam doesn't like 100 percent. Believe me, he's like, maybe he did cheat on her. I don't know. But I also know my sister and I know that she thinks she talks to angels and stuff. So the reality that these delusions might be actual, like that could be real. Right. So while he sent when Charles sent this email, he was on a business trip. Lori cancels his flight home and moves his truck from the airport parking lot and moves him out of the house like while he's gone. Can you do that? Can you? No. Can you? Well, legally, I know you can't, but I'm saying, like, can is there? Can you cancel someone else's flight? So we'll we'll get into it. Lori had access to his email and a few other things, uh, to enable her to not only cancel and and access a lot of his things, but to pretend she was him. Oh, I'm an idiot. Of course, it was fraud. Yes, Duh. it's fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why yeah. would I not think that the person that murdered people would commit fraud, fraud. also? <laughs> yeah. So he arrives back from his trip um, and calls the police. And there is body cam footage of this interaction. And he says, I can't get in touch with my kids. I can't get in touch with her. My stuff is all gone. My truck is gone. Everything's gone. And this is what she believes. She believes she's an elevated spiritual being. And you can watch him on the body cam footage be like, here's what it is. We're LDS. This is what she believes. She believes that she's part of the 144,000 and that Jesus is coming next year. She's threatened to kill me and others. And she said to me, I will kill you because you're not Charles. You're Nick Snyder and no one will even care. And the cops are like, who is Nick Snyder? Because she alternates between Nick and Ned. Uh, they're like, who is Nick Snyder? And he's like, I don't even fucking know. I have no idea. But she literally has a body snatchers delusion and she's threatening me over it. And so I would like to have her mandatorily committed. Right. They can't find her. She is gone. She spent the night in a hotel that night. We will find out. Um, but what they tell him 
is that because he was not home and she was in care of the children at home, she can legally move the kids if she thinks it's the right thing to do. She can't then no one can stop her from doing that, which technically they are still married and, you know, they have joint custody. So like it's murky, right? So the next day, J.J. has school. So he shows up at J.J.'s school and calls the cops and is like, I found her. Here's where everything is. He takes her purse. She drives off. It becomes this whole thing. The cops finally track her down and bring her in. And there's interview video of this. And she's like laughing about it. And it's just like, why would I ever say I was going to kill it? Like, oh, my God, somebody different in his body. What even is that? And Tylee, the oldest daughter, is there with her silent. And she's just like laughing. She's like, I'd be it'd be great if I get my lip gloss back. (laughs) Like, you know, I just want my purse back like madness. And the police let her go. They tell her they're like, hey. If you are willing to basically voluntarily go in for a psych exam and answer these phone calls that we have been trying to reach you, you can go. And as she agrees to it. Tylee just says one thing the entire interview she goes you're gonna get a padded room and (laughs) I was like oh that's that's the only thing she says in the entire video so they leave and Lori does voluntarily go get um, allegedly goes and gets a mental health evaluation now this is the part for me where I have questions about what is mental illness and what is criminal activity like Mm -hmm. truly premeditated because she is immediately released from that evaluation. They do not commit her. They do not keep her, which to me suggests at minimum, she is lying about her delusions to that mental health professional. Now that doesn't mean she's not having them. That could mean that she has discovered that lying about them will get her out. um, And she's just thinking of it that way. Or the delusions were just a cover for her to kill her husband, which is kind of what's been argued in court. I don't know that I 100% believe that. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Uh, anyway. I have a weird question that sure. um, I am trying to... I'm coming at this from a place of genuine curiosity because I uh-huh. don't know. when If you have the understanding that if like if you know enough that you should lie about right. these delusions is that not like prove that you are at least competent enough to understand that they're wrong that well that's what they ruled in court essentially okay. is that she was competent to stand trial because she knew to lie about them but i think for me that doesn't necessarily mean that she knows the delusions are wrong as much as she knows that other people won't believe her. Okay. That so like and I think there's a I Now, I'm not a, saying she wasn't competent to stand trial. Like I understand that ruling. I understand why they made that choice. Uh I I have more questions about her mental health that I can't answer cuz I'm not a professional, obviously. Sure. sure yeah. Um, but you have done a lot yeah, of research. A lot of research. <laughs> um <laughs> But I I think given her history, there's definitely mental health issue health issues at play, especially because in her sentencing after her trial, uh, she was allowed to give a statement and we'll cover this more next week. She does not back down from any of it. Nothing. Oh, no okay. remorse. Nothing like she's like they were zombies. They had to die. 
we'll get into it in a second. Um, but yeah, so she either she's just like the double down queen of the South or she like she believes it. So, yeah, I don't know. After she's released, she and Charles uh, begin the separation process. Where they've not filed for divorce yet, but they are separated and Tylee was very upset about it. But Charles decides that he's going to stay in Houston and he'll come to Arizona to see JJ periodically because JJ was um, his sister's son that they had adopted. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's talking to Adam Cox, who is Lori's brother and is the one that's kind of in contact with the family. Adam is the one sibling that believes Charles and is in contact with everyone else. And Charles sends Adam an email that he found in his inbox that he didn't write because Lori had either logged in to his email to write it from his email or had cloned his email. Uh, But she essentially wrote an email to Chad Daybell from Charles saying that he wanted to write a book about baseball and he could come stay in the guest room but essentially it's it's an email that makes it appear that there's a reason for Chad to come to Arizona that doesn't look like he and Lori are dating. Mm. So they think it was for his wife to find, maybe. So Charles at this point is like, this is suspicious. So he reaches out to Tammy, Chad's wife. And he tells Lori, I'm going to talk to Tammy. And Lori says that Tammy already knows what's going on. Unlikely, uh, but she says so. Now, as this is going on, Charles is also in contact with Adam. And Adam is like, well, let's get the family together so that Lori can answer for some of what's going on. Because, again, he still thinks he's like, this is my sister. Maybe she's having a mental health crisis. I just need her to tell me her side so we can understand what's happening. Because, like, what she is saying is not matching up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So Adam flies out to Arizona and the plan is that he'll keep his phone on record while talking to Lori. And he tries to call his brother, Alex, no return calls. Meanwhile, Lori is texting Alex. We have these texts where she's like, Hey, don't answer Adam's phone calls. Don't talk to the family. They're going to try and stage an intervention for me. It's time to get rid of Ned already. So the following morning, Charles was supposed to pick up JJ to take him to school. Uh, But when he arrived at the house, Alex was there. Now, according to the information at the time and the interviews people gave at the time, Alex and Charles get into a fight. Charles hits Alex with a baseball bat. He is injured in a way that suggests baseball bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Alex claims it was self-defense and shoots Charles. Now, remember, this is the same brother that tased Lori's third husband in the balls. This is not the first time he has kind of attempted to take someone out for her. Um, In the story that they give, Tylee has a baseball bat trying to separate them from fighting. And then she leaves. Her mom leaves. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The story is all kind of crazy. There's a different version that like he left with JJ, but left his phone and came back and Lori found his phone and found the stuff on his phone. So Alex shot him. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Now, later on, as they reopen this case, 
they'll find out that there's a 43 minute gap between Alex calling Lori to tell her and confirm that Charles was dead before he called 911 and also that he was shot once and then shot again while he was already laying on the ground. So this is a murder. Like Alex murders Charles. The question about whether or not Lori is involved or influences it, it's kind of up in the air. But what does happen is she calls Colby, her oldest son, and tells him that Charles had a heart attack. So Colby immediately drives over to the house because they don't live that far away. He gets to the house and Tylee is like, no, Alex shot him. And he's like, Mom, why the fuck did you tell me a heart attack? Why did you tell something different? He, she has no clear answers. Meanwhile, JJ's school, she tells the school that Charles died by suicide. Again, no clear story, right? Uh-huh. So Colby goes to his wife because he is now married with, and his wife is pregnant with their own kid at this point. And he's like, my mom told me that Charles had a heart attack that I got there and he was shot. And this is right at like not long after that third husband died. And even though that does turn out to be natural causes, but like something's up. And his wife is like, this some bullshit. I don't believe it. So she goes back into those emails that Charles sent and finds that one of those emails that Charles had forwarded that he had found of Lori's with her delusions is one ranking all the family members as demons like dark spirits or light spirits. And she finds out that she's ranked as a dark spirit. And it's basically anyone who ever disagreed with or questioned Lori was a dark spirit. Everyone else was light. And Tylee is rated as a 4.1 dark spirit. Like the highest you could be rated as a demon. Why is that? The, okay. All right. That's fine. I think because she's disagreeing with her. But like that just brings me back to that. You know, that wasn't the part I had an issue with. I oh, had sure. an issue with why was 4.1 the high. Like you four, know. It's it's kind of like a like a Scientology bridge situation where like they put up in the documentary, they put up a a diagram and it's like a staircase Uh that he uses as a ranking system. Oddly enough, this ranking system is the reason that other author lady stops working with him because she's like, it's not cut and dry and mathematical. You just have to kind of feel people out, whether they're dark or light. (laughs) And she didn't like that he was ranking people. Okay, yeah, that's the part that doesn't make any sense for sure. Sure. Um, I have a question and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it is an aside and it's it it is not super related, but Mm -hmm. maybe you'll see where I'm coming at now. Mm -hmm. The other day. Uh, and by the other day, I mean yesterday, I went mm-hmm. out with a bunch of my friends and ate a bunch of Texas food. And one of the foods that I have had before, but I don't think I've ever had a good version of it, was banana pudding. Um, oh, Jake loves banana pudding. That's it, like his jam. It's like a huge Texas thing. Like they yeah. fucking love it here. They get it. And so this guy, uh, he gives me this banana pudding and he like tries a bite of it. And then he goes, oh, it's so good. Like. This is like an eight. Like if you're going to try it, this is like an eight. And I tried it and I was like, damn, this is really good. Then we kept talking about banana pudding for a while as a group. And I, st- he, the way he started talking about his ranking system, I asked him a question of like, hey, what's a 10? And he was like, a yeah. 10 is like the best I've ever had. And I go, no, no, no. I get that. What is, do you have a 10? Right. Have you tried a 10? Have you tried a 10? And he goes, oh, no, no. I think the best I've ever tried is probably like maybe an eight point five. But like, I would 
assume that like there is a 10 out there and i realize mm. that his ranking system operates not on what here's how i rank things a 10 is the best i personally ever have had. ever had uh, yeah. So my system is always changing to adapt to the new things right. that I've had. Uh, it's more fluid. His is a finite <laughs> line graph in which there is a non-existent 10 on one side and a zero that also probably he has not tried on the other side. Um, it's my I, horror virgin ranking scale <laughs> where honestly, I think Deborah Logan is maybe my 10, but whatever. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just do you when you rank stuff on a scale of one to ten, do you how do you do it? So I I try to do it where ten is something I've already experienced and then ten is movable based on new experiences. Mm -hmm. But I don't always. Some sometimes there are ones where I'm like, this is perfect except this. And in my mind, ten should be perfect, even though perfect is unattainable. Gotcha. Uh, but I will say the next time you're in LA, Magnolia Bakery has banana pudding that, according to Jake, is some of the best in the world. So. Okay, well, I, now I got to get his fucking number now, ranking. Now you got to fucking try. You got to try it. It's a 4.1, which is the highest that it could possibly get, though. So. It is. It's thicker. It's not like pudding cup pudding. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the kind that I had yesterday that was like clearly a homemade thing that i guess yeah. it, it's usually a homemade thing but you know what i mean where it's not like it's not just fucking jello pudding mix uh right. and some whipped yes. cream and nilla wafers like the whole thing was made from scratch um and yeah that shit was really good anyway just curious because if i was ranking my family members based on how demon <laughs> how fucking demon mode they go uh, right. one is somebody would have a five. Like I would have, there would be a top of the scale is all right. I'm saying. Right, I think it's right, fucked right. up that 4.1 is quote unquote, the highest you could, the be. highest. Well, at least the highest he had ranked, but I also, I'm trying to think of my family, family members. And I feel like recently there's been some switch ups Yeah, <laughs> yeah. where the person that we would have like all collectively been like five, uh, then like turned their life around. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You're like, man, you're creeping down. You're creeping Damn. down in the rankings. You're almost at a demon time. You're almost in angel paradise. Shouts yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Shouts out RIP Jimmy Buffett up there oh. bringing Margaritaville to God now. Can I tell you the tweet I did not send yesterday where Absolutely. it was? Uh, hold up. I sent, I sent it to Mikey and Todd <laughs> to be like, should I tweet this? And then I just decided not to. Uh, but it was, uh, I'm not a fan of Jimmy Buffett's music, but I'm always sad when a buffet is over. Send tweet. <laughs> should, should I just do it? Should I post it? Uh, yeah, that's really good. Paige, Paige. That's, <laughs> that's all right, really all right, good. I'll, I'll copy it right now. I uh, also, I just, uh, again, another aside and then we'll get, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's all good. I want everyone to know that when you in in fucking 30 years no probably like 15 to 20 years when i die and the article comes up on your twitter feed or x feed or x twitter y um feed or threads uh yeah or threads <laughs> or threads whenever wherever you see that article please quote tweet it and make a joke about it because like that's what i want <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> that's i'm telling you now that like that's what i would have wanted i would have wanted comedians to make jokes about my death because i think that's really funny 
Yes, absolutely. So, oh man, please do that. Okay. So anyway, they've anyway. got the banana pudding scale of demon time of their people. Uh, right. She's ranked and- at a 4.1. She's ranked at a 4.1 and Charles is dead. And at this point, now that Charles is dead, Colby's wife is actually very, very worried about the kids. Yeah. She's like, this is not good. Um, but they are assured that everything's fine, that Charles was cheating, that think that's what the fight was about. It kind of goes away. But Lori goes to try and cash in his life insurance. And realizes that she is no longer the beneficiary on the $1 million in life insurance policy. So she texts Chad and they have these texts. Uh, Ned got to him before we got him. Probably another step in bringing down the Gadiantons. Don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Especially Brandon. We'll get to Brandon in just a bit because they make an attempt on Brandon and, and it's unsuccessful. Uh, and she says, I'm thinking it must be Kay. Now, if you remember, Kay is Charles's mother, JJ's grandmother, and she'll be instrumental later on. Whoa. Now. The Gadiantons, according to the Book of Mormon, were a secret criminal organization in ancient America. Ooh. Yeah. It was. This was already a really long outline. So that was the thing that I was like, going to have to let that slide. I've already got. 10 pages of this shit oh yeah 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 they were the society was first founded around 52 bc by nephite supporter of panachi or pan panchi uh an unsuccessful candidate for chief judge okay this might be racist yeah <laughs> yeah i'm uh <laughs> Whenever we encounter a Mormon thing from back in the day, we're like, and then this, oh, wait. Okay, oh. wait a second. It's how racist. might this be racist, sir? Uh, Tell me everything. Um, it might be about how Native Americans are the greatest criminals to ever exist, apparently. Oh, that's right. I forgot that they believed that for a while because they refused to cede their lands to the Mormons. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can move on. I just was like, I wonder what that's all about. It's uh, in reference to the greatest crime organizations that ever existed in ancient America, a.k.a. the people who were the indigenous originally... peoples of the americas got it yeah got it got it got it got it anyway at this point Lori decides that she needs to immediately move her family quote somewhere cold uh to <laughs> avoid the people who were after them and that they would be back every couple weeks but they were trying to build a new life we will eventually find out that this is rexburg uh idaho but no one knows she doesn't tell anybody mm-hmm and they all come to say goodbye. Tylee's very upset, um, but ultimately still goes because she's a teenager. There's nothing she could do. Um, but nobody stops them. Nobody is like, hey, you're not telling us where you're moving and you're not telling us who is after you. We have concerns. They're just like, well, text us when you get there. <laughs> it's like, except for Colby. Colby and his wife are texting Tylee and are like, hey, Please tell us what's going on. And then eventually the responses start to sound not like Tylee. Okay. And he says, I need you to call me. I need to actually talk to you. And then her phone goes dark. The contact stops completely. At this point, his wife starts to investigate even more. So she starts listening to, to Lori's podcasts. And based on the podcast and the emails from Charles, She's like, 
um, those kids are in fucking danger. And they start to actively try to reach out to contact Tylee, to contact Lori, to contact JJ, everything to no avail. So now, the next portion we have based on text messages and information from communication within the group that Lori and Chad have kind of formed around themselves. It consists of a handful of, of other adherents that Chad had picked up across the country, uh, as well as Alex Cox, the one who shot Charles and tased Joseph in the balls, uh, and Lori's niece, Melanie. You might remember Melanie. We talked about her a little bit in the first episode. Her mother was Lori's sister, who at one point was institutionalized for mental illness. Um, Melanie is now an adult at this point, and she has joined the group as well. Based on these text messages, their belief system is if you're past a certain point on that scale to the point of dark, you are a zombie where you are being puppeted by a demon. And the only way to get rid of the zombies is to eradicate them. They believe there's about 20,000 zombies on Earth. So there's texts back and forth between Lori and Alex of like, hey, what are you doing right now? Working on Z's. Proud of you. Eradicate the Z's. Or bad news on our brother Adam. He's a zombie. And they're like, when was that? Early January. Well, explains why he was helping Charles. Like, or, you know, guess who our final Z is? Pops or Brandon? Brandon. Let's get back to Brandon. Brandon was Melanie's husband. They are now divorced. Uh, Brandon Boudreau is his name. And he's the one fighting for custody of her kids that she's like posting on Facebook about, if you remember from the first episode. Mm -hmm. So they try to shoot Brandon uh, like a drive-by. And he sees the car. He sees them aim. It shoots out the windows of his truck, but they don't get him. And he reports it to the police. They're never able to track this down, but he's convinced that it's this group, especially because they are texting about him being a zombie. Um, but now here's the bigger problem. And this is one of the things that like the author that stops working with Chad talks about in the documentary, but she's like, I didn't realize how weird it was at the time, but maybe I should have said something. But one time he just said, I think we have to get rid of the spouses for our plan to work. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> oh, no, that's a thing that like the second you hear that you're like, they're in danger. <laughs> like You got to call somebody like the fact she was like, I didn't realize what he was talking about at the time. I'm just like, girl, what? Anyway, Chad on multiple occasions has said that he saw a vision of his wife's death, uh, that she was in his truck. She ran off the road, hit a pole and he saw her spirit leave her body, uh, hereditary style. But Tammy's still alive at this point until October 9th, 2019. Tammy arrives home and a man in a ski mask comes up to her and shoots at her. She screams and calls for Chad. He talks to the guy and he says it was a paintball gun. And he texts Lori that and that same day that Tammy has been switched. Tammy is in limbo and a level three demonic entity named Viola is in her body. It happened at about 10 p.m. trying to hasten her departure. Like, he's literally texting his plans. So Tammy survives this attack, but 10 days after that initial attack, Tammy dies of unclear causes. They're still investigating. Um, 
but he cashes in her life insurance policy and they make $430,000 after her death. And at this point, they start encouraging everyone in their group to move to Rexburg. And not only that, they encourage them to get married to be sealed in the afterlife. So Melanie marries uh, a man named Ian Pulowski two weeks after they meet. Uh, and Alex marries a woman named Zulema Pastenes uh, because they were matched and, quote, equal in their spirituality. However, uh, Zulema and Alex seem to have actually had kind of a romantic relationship or some sort of at least very close friendship uh, because of what happens next. So uh, they were told that the world would end July 22nd, 2020. So they're all getting married to try and beat that 2020 deadline. Um, But it's unclear what exactly the plan was after they got married. So Alex and Zulema get married in Las Vegas because she refused to move to Rexburg, mm-hmm. uh, Idaho, wisely. In fact, she is still alive, and she has basically said, I'm not sure that I would still be alive if I had moved to Rexburg. I think they wanted to get rid of me because literally the day after she married Alex, and Alex was a massage therapist by trade, he bought a plastic tarp, uh, like a drop cloth, And they went back to their hotel room. He put the cloth over the bed and she doesn't remember much after that. She remembers lying down and falling asleep and being really, really relaxed. But she said she felt like, you know, when you're trying to wake up and you can't. And then she remembered thinking, why am I so relaxed? I can't wake up and faded in and out of consciousness. And she could hear him talking to someone on the phone. Oh, but she doesn't know. Yes, she doesn't know who it was. She also doesn't know. When she believes she was drugged, but she, she doesn't know when. Um, and when she was finally able to wake up, she asked him who he was talking to. And he said, nobody. I was talking to myself. Uh, she took a bath and then they watched a movie together. But she said that he was very, very quiet after that point. However, only a few days later, he said to her, if anything ever happens to me, there's a black duffel bag in the closet. There's a Ziploc bag holding five to seven thousand dollars and a set of headphones and a phone and a gun. Take it and get out of here. Basically, the headphones are a weird. That's a weird detail. I don't to really include. know why the headphones are there, but he basically says there's money in there and it's not much, but it's for you. Just take it and run, baby. And if anything ever happens to me, there's five to seven thousand dollars in there, untraceable. A cell and phone and a pair of Beats by Dre. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, <laughs> a cell phone that no one will ever have access to, and the brand new Raycon headphones. <laughs> What did Superior you, sound. Did you, yeah. is that like, do they do something special? No, they're just really no. good. No. Okay. Um, yeah. Are you afraid someone's going to kill you? Sweetie, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Raycon yeah. headphones. Raycon headphones. The only headphones that have technically fucked Kim Kardashian, babe. Technically. Um, so, this marriage and this thing now i do think he was probably supposed to kill her and didn't Mm -hmm. um but so here's what happened november 26th police send a welfare check now the way that they get this welfare check is k the grandmother to jj 
is logging into Charles's information uh, to try and figure out what's going on, figure out what happened, because she doesn't believe the story. Mm. And she finds out that in, in Charles's email, someone was ordering, someone ordered a ring on Amazon under Charles's name after he was dead. She's pretty sure it's Lori. And this is the ring that Chad Daybell eventually has. But this gives them an address in Idaho. So she calls in a wellness check on the kids in Idaho. The police show up. Kids are nowhere to be found. Uh, and it's this apartment complex where they're all living together in this apartment complex. So they go to talk to Lori. And Lori is like, hey, uh, no, they're back in Arizona with my friend Melanie. Like, everybody, I'm not a suspect. They're safe. Everyone's just causing me problems right now. I don't want to be found. People are after me. So the police call her friend, Melanie Gibb, in Arizona. And she's like, I don't have the kids. Why the fuck would she tell you I have the kids? And Melanie wisely records a phone call where she calls Lori to confront it. And she's like, they've never been here. Tell them where the kids are. Are the kids safe? And she's like, yes, but how dare you question me? You have to have faith. And she's like, you have to understand my concerns, right? Like, you're telling the police they're here. The police are the people who are supposed to protect you. Like, this is, this is strange. So the police get a search warrant. They go to search the house in Idaho, and it's fucking empty. Everyone is gone. They are on the run. Nowhere to be found. This is all within a couple days. That same day that they're out of Dodge, that's the day that they get married, that Alex and Zulema get married in Vegas. Like, they left Idaho, went to Vegas, got married. And Alex is like, if something happens to me, <laughs> take these headphones and this money. <laughs> uh, so, but at this point, the police in Idaho after they check around for a couple weeks are like, these kids are missing. They are missing. And not only that, now we have questions about Tammy Daybell's death. Cause she had literally only died a month or two before in October. So they exhume Tammy and do another like medical uh, autopsy and discover they believe she died of asphyxiation. So Tammy Likely, unfortunately, murdered. Now, as soon as they exhumed Tammy, the very next day, Alex drops dead. Just like dead. Out of nowhere. In Zulema's apartment. Her, yeah. her son calls 911, and it's from blood clots in the lungs, uh, which apparently was a family thing. Like, they had a family history of it. But there's questions about his death, too. As of right now, it's ruled as natural causes. But who knows? But at this point, Alex is dead. Charles is dead. Joseph is dead. Tammy is dead. And Lori and Chad are on the run with the kids nowhere to be found. And it's on this day, December 20th, uh, that a local article gets published with all the information they were able to find. And they found a marriage certificate between Lori and Chad literally less than two weeks after Tammy's death where they were married in Hawaii, November 5th, 2019. And that's where they returned to to go on the run and that's where we'll start next week. God damn. I know. It's a whole lot. It's a lot. It's a wild, wild story. Oh, man. I just found... Uh... Here, I'll, I'll I'll show this to you. Um, I just found this, which is just like chart, a uh, yeah. a chart to explain, you know, all all the connections that these people have. 
Charles Vallow to Lori Vallow to Chad Daybell to Tammy Daybell, and it's got little pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these people look anything like I thought they would. <laughs> uh charles vallow looks like and i mean this very respectfully i'm not trying to be a dick at all uh r.i.p um looks like uh (laughs) if alex jones was the devil on your shoulder charles vallow would be the good version yes he does look like that yes like he's the good the the good angel one yeah yeah he looks like the good version of alex jones yes yeah, oh, I I also think it's wild uh, having watched a bunch of footage of, of Tylee and JJ through the documentary and a bunch of other things that they're not necessarily blood related, but they look like they are. And that's yeah. kind of wild to me, too. They have very similar facial features and all kinds of stuff. They absolutely sure do. Um, man, that is a this is a difficult story uh, simply because, well, for a lot of reasons, but I think chief among them um how many times people whose job it is to maybe sense that something is wrong could not see yeah. that something was horribly, horribly wrong despite so many different people being like, uh, yeah, she thinks I'm a zombie. Uh, right. A three-star zombie right now. Right, right. I'm at least a four-star zombie. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you. For bringing this um you're welcome and uh hey y'all my name's armando you've been listening to me for this whole episode um if you want to uh hear more of me or come see me do live stand-up or any of that stuff uh you can follow me on social media at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff all one word um on instagram tiktok twitter uh twitch even um come on out follow me instagram is the best place to see where i'm gonna do stuff also if you uh like the stupid jokes that i make i make another show called the rooster teeth podcast it's very <laughs> good cockadoodle do baby let's go yeah <laughs> it's a really good show i love it so much um and you should check it out wherever you listen to podcasts or on the rt site or uh you can go to youtube.com slash at rooster teeth podcast that is the at symbol so that is youtube.com at symbol rooster teeth podcast check us out um it's a lot of fun i think you're gonna like it even if you're not like into gaming or anything else it's just a really fun show so thank you good night good luck and i love you you little demon Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Paige. You hear me every week. Uh, If you want to listen to more of my voice, you could listen to uh, Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod uh, or any number of other things. I've got some upcoming uh, show dates. I'll be on the No Laughing Show September 14th at the Comedy Store. You can get tickets for that at the Comedy Store's website directly. Uh, September 19th, I'll be roasting Ryan Nesson at the Comedy Store as well. You can get tickets for that on the Comedy Store's website. And then, of course, September 24th, it is Horror Virgin Live. We have sold a lot of tickets. There are still a handful left. Um, We're trying to pack it out. We're trying to sell the entire place out, uh, and we're doing a pretty good job. But there are a few tickets left, so if you still want to go, you can get those on Flapper's website. We've got the link in our show notes as well, uh, and I've got it on my social media also. So. Uh, check that out. 
If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Rampage Wesley or at Page Wesley on Twitter. And I love you so much. Bye. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, how funny it is that we both run shows called RTP. The RTP. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, if you want to support this show or follow us, I guess, uh, you can go to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter or X or whatever it's fucking called these days. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 Elon's Elon's list. That's what it is now. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/CultPodcast. And if you want to send us an email, one of them fancy newfangled ways of communication in which you can lie to your spouse and plan a murder. Um, you can send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us some books that you bought at a doomsday prepper convention mm. or a giant bucket of macaroni salad, you could send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, like the, the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I'm going to say for this one, don't drink anything any of these people hand you no they clearly drugged somebody <laughs> yeah and they'll give you the oh, by the way the only worse answer than who are you talking to is i was talking to myself that right. is crazy that's crazy yep. it's not good uh and don't drink the kool-aid bye, bye. Yeah.